Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. In 2023, Scott Rowland was inducted into the Hall of Fame. His distinguished career in baseball is a testament to his determination and passion for the game. But what were his foundational keys to success? On this episode, we look at Scott Rowland's Roots of Greatness, today on Rounders. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. I am, as always, your host, Jeff Lambert. You know, I am excited to talk about Scott Rowland today. If you're listening to this in current history, uh, this is an event that just occurred where Rowland was inducted into the Hall of Fame. I have to apologize to my premium subscribers very quickly because I had sent out a list of episodes for the month, and I'm making a a change here because uh, I wasn't sure what to expect with the Hall of Fame inductions, so I felt like, you know what, now's the time to talk about this. He was just inducted, so I'm shoehorning this episode into the schedule, so we'll pick up on the regular set after this one. Uh, If you'd like to know what the episode list is in terms of upcoming topics, you can subscribe by going to rounders.substack.com just to throw that in there. You can become a free subscriber to be able to get our bonus episode every week, this week in baseball history. So there's levels here, folks. If you'd like to just get involved and get more baseball in your life, you got the free email with the free podcast episode. You want to financially support the show and get the perks that come with that, including the upcoming episodes. That's always an option too. So we're going to be talking about Scott Rowland today. And as we did in Mike Trout's Roots of Greatness episode, uh, the approach that we're using is not the standard, let's just talk about Scott's life. Instead, I'm going to present to you four foundational pillars that I believe were the keys to Scott's success, how he went from good to great and great to legend. So let's jump into those foundational things that led Scott to become a Hall of Fame player. The first root of greatness that I tie into Scott's success is the fact that he came from a family of athletes. Like so many professional players, Scott grew up with a family who really shared a love for sports. The Rollins basement was filled with photos and medals that Scott grew up seeing daily. His parents, Linda and Ed, both excelled in high school sports. His mother played volleyball, and his father played football and basketball. Now, all of Ed and Linda's children grew up playing team sports. Although Scott's brother and sister, they didn't end up pursuing professional sports careers. They ended up becoming school teachers like Scott's mom, who still teaches first grade in their hometown of Jasper, Indiana. But Scott was different. See, he immediately showed a level of talent that was indicative of what was to come, and also just the fact that he really loved to play sports. And so we see that both of his parents immediately committed to his success. Like many other parents, 
They drove him to all of his games. They were cheering in the stands for every game that he played in. And just that constant support, including in his professional career, of them traveling to different cities to see him play. They actually had an RV that they would hook up to the back of the truck and drive around from city to city to watch their son perform. That's the level of support that he got in terms of pursuing a a career in sports. And so, you know, we look at that. We look at the fact that his parents were incredibly supportive of him pursuing athletics, that they themselves were former athletes. And it just shows that he grew up in a home that celebrated and prioritized athletic participation. And without that influence, Scott may not have become so involved in team sports and found his love and talent for baseball. Now, I'm including a link in the weekly free email with this episode that shows Scott actually going home and telling his parents that he had been inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's, it's a sweet video. So I would recommend that you check that out. Uh, it certainly shows the relationship that he has with his parents. So that's foundational root of greatness number one, him coming from an athletic, supportive family. Root of greatness number two, Scott came from a sports town. See, Scott grew up in a little community called Jasper, Indiana, and it is definitely one of those towns that you would picture, you know, being from uh, Friday Night Lights or one of those really uh, supportive communities that likes their children to be involved in team sports. It's one of those areas where they have stadiums for every sport on the high school level, and they show up on the weekend. The entire community comes out to watch those student athletes play. And just to illustrate that point, the town that Scott grew up in, when he was growing up, it had less than 1,600 people, and yet they sold out games every single weekend, and the town was there to cheer on their their, uh, fellow community members. And the baseball team in that town in particular has won two state titles in its history. So for being a small town, it just it goes to show that there was a lot of support for student athletes in that community. And of course, we see Scott's natural ability and his love for team sports, and that really endeared him immediately to the town. It was apparent right from the start that he was something special. Uh, Scott's childhood coach, Terry Gobert, had this to say about Scott from a young age. He said, quote, I remember seeing him play in his first game. You could tell from the first pitch that he just fit in. He looked like a future major league ball player. It looked like that was why he was put on earth, end quote. So as you can guess, Scott spent most of his schooling years in this community. He went to Jasper High School, and he excelled both on and off the field. He was known as being a very uh, responsible studious individual. His dad said he never had to worry about him like coming home late or going out to parties. He he was very focused, even as a kid. And he was an all-state basketball player. He was very good at basketball in his teenage years. And he was also an all-American baseball player. He ended up graduating with honors in 1994. And in an interview with his dad, also by the Seattle Times, uh, Ed said that, quote, I believe he may have been the first kid in Jasper to dunk, end quote. So we see that the town, even going back there today, reading news stories, every sports bar and restaurant has Scott Rowland memorabilia everywhere. This high school, and the town has grown, obviously, since Scott was a kid, but they have a whole website at Jasper High School 
dedicated to a Hall of Fame that they created. They have a 3,200-seat high school basketball gymnasium. They have big football fields. Like, this is a town that loves its sports, and they produce successful athletes out of it. And Scott grew up in that community. And I think that, again, helped him really develop a passion for the sport that he would eventually excel in. Route number three, Scott bet against himself to achieve greatness. And I believe that is an important marker as to what led to his success. So after high school, like I had mentioned, Scott excelled in basketball and baseball. He was an All-American. He was certainly someone who had the chance to be able to pursue either sport, and there was the belief that he would succeed. So he was uh, offered a double scholarship by the University of Georgia to go and play basketball first, baseball second. So he has the opportunity to get a full ride to go to college. but then. In that same year after graduating from high school, he was also drafted in the second round of the MLB draft by the Philadelphia Phillies. So Scott has a decision to make. He can go to college on this full-ride scholarship. He can pursue basketball. He can also do baseball on the side. Or he can enter the minor league system for the Phillies, which, of course, as we know, is not great pay and there's no guarantee. So which one do you pick? And at first, Scott tried to have his cake and eat it too. He tried to negotiate a deal that let him play for the Phillies farm system in the summer and then go play basketball in the winter uh, at Georgia. But that didn't work. He wasn't able to get both sides to agree to that. They wanted him to commit to one. So the decision really came down to Scott's gut feeling. And I would contend that I think there was a level of security with going the college route that must have been attractive to him because he has the opportunity to play two sports. He obviously was a very good basketball player. He has time to develop himself in a collegiate background, whereas the other option thrusts him into a situation where he's going to have to play on minor league ball clubs. These guys do not make a lot of money. They're traveling a lot. They're getting called up and called down. It's a very hectic life for a minor league player. But Scott felt that baseball was going to be his path to success. And so he ended up choosing the Phillies. And as Scott himself admits, he bet against himself to achieve greatness. So Scott, he was a good ball uh, basketball player, and he had the opportunity to be great in that sport, I'm sure. But he let his passion lead the way, and he felt that baseball would be the better choice. And he was willing to bet on his future to do that. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. And let's go into our fourth root of greatness that I believe led Scott to Hall of Fame status, and that was the fact that he stayed grounded by making altruism a daily habit. So Scott came from humble roots. His, Like I said, his mom was a school teacher, grew up in a small town, didn't come from money or anything like that. I don't think his family was impoverished, obviously, you know, but at the same time, he, he came from humble beginnings. And 
he was instilled with this attitude of giving back. And I think that made him a better player throughout his career. Now, why do I believe that? It's the fact that Scott has made charity work and being able to help others a major part of his life since he entered the league. This wasn't something he started after he retired. So let me give you some examples of that. So just three years after making it onto the Phillies roster, three years into his big league career, Roland created the Enos Furley Foundation. Now, Enos Furley was the name of one of his childhood dogs. And the foundation that he created, the aim was to, quote, help children and families with illness, hardship, or other special needs. That seems like a very broad charter, but when it comes down to the specifics, you'll see how it came into action. And in Scott's own words, this charity was supposed to be about helping people, quote, have fun, have a blast, let's play, end quote. So some of the things that the Enos Furley Foundation has done since its founding, it has helped arrange community events. It has hosted outdoor retreats for kids. It has built a 40-acre recreation site with horses, golf courses, canoes, baseball fields. And that's where families who apply to this foundation for support can stay with all expenses paid by the foundation. Now, the foundation has undergone a name change in recent years. It's now called the E5 Foundation, but the goals largely remain the same, and their activities in the community continue to grow. He hosts baseball camps. He hosts spring break, you know, um, academy weeks where kids can go and learn and be able to grow their, their love of sports. But it's really about helping people out. And he started this, like I said, very early on in his career, and it wasn't just founding it and then letting it run on the side. He is actively involved in the uh, planning and events that happen through this foundation. And this was the same throughout the course of his career. He's also been very, very uh, supportive of his old high school, Jasper High School. He's been supportive of Indiana University. He made a major donation to the college and its baseball program. And he said that he did that in honor of his mother, who was an educator. He also recently started what was called the Jackson Scott Roland Academic Fund, and that gives $1,000 per semester to two student athletes that go to Jasper High School, where he graduated from. So throughout his career, Roland really took advantage of his platform to make a difference in the lives of others. And during his time with the Phillies, Roland would visit sick children in the hospital, during his time with the Reds, he would get involved in community events and show up and, and be able to help raise money for a lot of different positive causes. And he observed how the appearance of major leaguers could help children and their families with momentary re excuse me, relief. And that really shines through. And even now, as a 47-year-old, he is retired. He and his family spend a lot of time volunteering for various children's charities, even now. So Scott's commitment to others kept him focused, and I believe it kept him grounded throughout his career to really keep focus on what mattered and to enjoy the ride that not everybody gets to take. So while other foundational pieces can be discussed outside of these four, I believe that this combination of family athletic heritage, a sports-focused hometown, a willingness to bet on his own skills, and a giving attitude helped Scott Rowland become a Hall of Famer. Now, 
Scott Rowland, let's fast forward now. We talked about his foundational roots. Let's talk about his induction into the Hall of Fame. Scott is just the 18th third baseman to make it to Cooperstown. Step back and think about that for a sec. His track record during his playing career is obviously uh, indicative of why the writers decided to vote him in. So let's look at some of those career highlights. He finished with a 281 career batting average. He hit 316 career home runs. He amassed 2,077 hits. He had 1,287 RBIs. He was the National League Rookie of the Year in 1997. He had eight gold gloves at third base. He was uh, nominated to the National League All-Star Team seven times in a row. He won a National League Silver Slugger Award. And he is among the top 15 in career war for third baseman all time, wins above replacement. And so we see just a very clear pattern here of a guy who helped his team be able to reach new heights in terms of success, but he was also one of those guys who really stood out at his position. And really, that's what the Hall of Fame is all about, right? And so we look at the scope of Scott's career and we say, wow, this guy really accomplished a lot. And another aside that I thought was interesting, Roland had been on the ballot for six years before this year, before 2023. Um, well, this was his sixth year, but he had several chances to get inducted and he kept getting passed over before he got over the 75% threshold. And in his first year of eligibility, he only received 10.2% of the vote. That's the lowest ever for a candidate that was eventually voted in by the Baseball Writers Association of America. Went from 10% to getting over that 75% threshold to get in. Very impressive. I think it shows how examination of his body of work eventually led the writers to uh, lend more support to his induction into the Hall of Fame. Overall, Scott had an amazing career. He has earned his spot in the Hall of Fame. He has that drive and determination and attitude and humility that pushed him beyond what he thought was possible. And I have found Scott's story to be very uplifting. He came from humble beginnings, like I said. He made it to baseball stardom, but he didn't forget to try and give back to those along the way. He kept his competitive spirit. He didn't forget what his roots led him to become. And for that reason, I believe that Scott Rowland deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad to see him there. Let me know what you think. I am excited to get some of your feedback. I know for some, there is this discussion about if Rowland, you know, is... He was a borderliner. Should he have gotten in? Uh, Should there have been other players that should have gotten in before him? Let's have a conversation about that. I would love to hear from you. You can join that conversation by becoming a free email subscriber. You just go to rounders.substack.com. There's a link in the show notes. And you get a bonus podcast episode every week that covers the greatest events in baseball history that happened during that particular week. So, like I said, it's free. If you like baseball and you want more of it in your life, I would. Highly encourage you to sign up. And again, just as a plug, if you like what I'm doing here and you want to become a paid subscriber, there's perks with that. You can also send me a one-time good game tip. Uh, This is something that takes time to put together, but it's something that I love to do. And if you'd like to support it on whatever level you choose, I would certainly appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. And remember, there are only two seasons, winter and baseball. 